Hello, and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is episode 306. My name is Emily Rainbow Davis. Thank you for listening. Uh, Today's blog is inspired by the process of trying to make some art and running into like some obstacles that are familiar and also make like whenever I run into them I'm like I can't do this why do I make art this is so hard and of course then I do it again (laughs) so in a way this blog is a way to try and like piece pull it apart and like try and understand just like this moment that happens almost every time I make something so uh let me read it to you it is called confusing art with money. With a couple of decades in the indie theater trenches behind me, I have some complicated feelings around money and art. I believe in paying artists. I think it's important to give value in a monetary form to people who create. I fight hard to make it happen as often as I can. But, I would much prefer to work with a group of people who aren't doing it for the money. As soon as money gets involved, there's always someone who starts treating me like I'm PepsiCo and makes demands, defines rigid terms, and sets intense limitations. It feels lousy every single time. I find I usually have a more satisfying artistic experience with the people who signed up when they thought they were getting nothing and are happily surprised when I present them with an actual check. They get paid either way. But in one way, the context is clearer for everyone. And the one with money involved makes things muddy. When I offer money from the start, some people are doing it for the money. But this is so complicated because I really believe that it is okay to do things for money. Teaching, for example, is full of people declaring they love it and that they do it for free, but they wouldn't actually. And when I do it, I'm not going to lie. I do it for the money. I'm good at it and I'm not doing it for love. I've done acting for the money, directing for the money and writing too. So where do I get off wanting to have my artistic collaborators not do it for the money? You know? They're allowed to only want to do my show because they want or need the $200 I have to offer them. That's okay. Except for art is this delicate, vulnerable, creative, sensitive endeavor. And when I smell a mercenary, when someone starts to engage with me like I'm a Hollywood agent, I get a wave of anxiety and despair. If I have $200 to give someone, it's probably because I cobbled it together in $20 increments from my uncle, my college buddies, and fellow artists. I don't have more. I'm not out here trying to get something for nothing. I literally just want to make art and make sure folks get at least a little gesture of value for their work. That's all it is. But almost every time... There will be one or two people who make it clear that this art I think we're making is a business transaction for them. It always confuses me, and it makes me feel bad. 
I know it comes from their history of being taken advantage of or having to chase after payments from shady vendors, but it feels so lousy to be lumped in with those people in an art context. It always gives me pause and makes me think, oh, I'm doing all of this wrong. They'll know I'm not built for the business. But it's also possible to see it as this person doesn't understand the context. This person doesn't understand the world I come from. But even then, it makes me question my own judgment and bringing them into my quiet little circle. It's a real tornado of an experience. When it happened recently, I had a little meltdown. And my friend talked me down off the, I can't do this ledge by pointing out that I really need an executive director or a business manager. Someone who can talk the business talk with my collaborators and then send them to me for the art part. But when you're a one-person band like I am, there is no offloading these interactions. They are part of it. And I am working very hard to not take them personally. Most people I work with in the arts have mastered the context leap. They work with network executives and agents differently than they engage with tiny indie theater producers. There are ways of engaging that are fundamentally different when you're working for PepsiCo or for a fellow artist. The folks who don't work that out don't last too long in the business, or whichever one they've not nailed the special mores of, or both. For many artists, more important than actual currency is social currency. And you start to damage that when you lean into the business side of things. It's confusing for me, too. But it's like, I want to pay artists, but I don't want to talk to artists about money. Unless we're doing a show about it, which I did. And if they're doing it for the money, please don't let me know that. As I need to believe my art is the best and only art and that you do it for free even though you wouldn't, okay? It is a fragile relationship. If you're wondering whether the job you're about to do is business or art, think about how vulnerable to flattery the creator is. Me, totally vulnerable. Three of the five people I cast recently let me know how much they like the show, and I don't think I cast them because they like the show, or even because it was clear they did some research. But it did tell me that they understood what I was trying to do. It was apparent in their work, really. And that all makes a difference. Let me just say, a person writing ad copy probably isn't too concerned with whether or not you understand his artistic vision. He just wants to know you can read it correctly and on time. The thing is, I've been at this art-making business for decades, and I still don't know what to do when someone starts engaging with me in business mode instead of artistic mode. I get absolutely flummoxed. Their business concerns are fair, of course, but it always turns me around. No, you're right. It isn't a lot of money. No, my uncle doesn't have another $20 for you. I'm sorry. If you need my uncle's $20, this is probably not the gig for you. Please, don't do it for the money. Or if you are doing it for the money, can you just pretend you're not? Just for the illusion. This is theater, after all. 
We traffic in illusions. Please help me maintain mine. This was one of those where I thought, should I really put this out in the world? (laughs) Should I really talk about this? But I think it is actually true for a lot of us. So it's hopefully beneficial to be transparent about this sort of thing. I feel like I've spent so many years just like really suffering around, around this weird issue and writing about it seemed like the only way to really address it. It was that and talking to my therapist about it, which actually spurred a really interesting conversation. And I feel like at some point I, I would like to uh, expand on it a little bit. But one of the things that we talked about was like, all these people make their work up in the castle, right? And the castle is this uh, sort of codified, there's ways you do things, there are particular rules, it's certainly more supported. And I'm out here in the fields under some tents, hacking something together. And it feels like I often get people who are used to working in the castle and they come over to the fields and they're like, why isn't this a castle? And I'm, I, I just always am like, I don't speak castle. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know how to I don't know how to make castle work. I make tent work, field work, uh, out of the bounds work. I don't, I, I just like, it does feel like a language and an identity problem fundamentally. Like, uh, so metaphorically, I feel like, oh yeah, I get it. This is, this is, this is where the disconnect is happening. But when it actually happens, I, I still don't know. I mean, ideal. It's fine. I don't. I don't think I look like the maniac that I feel like I am. But um, yeah, this distinction of like castle work versus I feel like there's a better word for the out of boundary <laughs> other work that is more. Uh, I don't know what the word is. If you if you have ideas, pass it along. I feel like if I could start to really identify with it, it might it might feel better. Because fringe is not, it's not right. It's not the right word. Uh, I think that's what people use in in countries that have like fringe festivals or that have like a really clear um, mainstream that is is not just commercial. There is language for calling something fringe, uh, but I don't feel like that's right for me. Well, I'll, f- I'll find the word one day, and then it'll be a big old celebration out in the fields under a tent. <laughs> Wee! So, uh, the song today is um, uh, a Suzanne Vega song. It's called Bad Wisdom, because I feel like, in a way, that's what's happening in this scenario, is that the the wisdom that say actors are often given is like never do anything for free and make sure you fight for your your you know your money and always be valued and boy sometimes that's bad advice (laughs) i'm thinking of the time the guy asked for 25 dollars to like do an informal reading with like wine and cheese at somebody's house like that's that somebody gave me that guy some bad wisdom (laughs) 
Um, and it is helpful to think of it from that perspective rather than feeling like I'm, I'm doing something wrong, which is what I usually feel. Anyway, so I went with Bad Wisdom because it's a fun song. I don't know if it's fun. It's a, it's, it was fun to do. Um, it's a good song. And uh, I'm, I'm a Suzanne Vega fan from a long time. So, uh, so here in a moment, I will give you Bad Wisdom. Meanwhile... Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to support the podcast, please tell someone about it, share it, like it, subscribe, write reviews in the, any place that will let you write a review. Um, if you would like to support it with your dollars, patreon.com slash Emily R. Davis is the central hub. There's also Kofi and PayPal. All of those links are in the show notes. Season two of The Dragoning is funded Woohoo! So uh, it should be coming out this summer. I'm looking at July 4th, possibly. I have to confirm that with my sound designer. But uh, we could be seeing, hearing. You won't be seeing. It's, a, it's an audio <laughs> medium. You will be hearing uh, episode one of season two, hopefully, in early July. Um, so get ready. So... Bad Wisdom. Uh, I'm playing it on guitar. I'm not sure what the song is actually about. Um, I'm just thinking of, you know, the bad wisdom that actors often get given. But that's not what the song is about. <laughs> I think the song may be about a kid who needs an abortion, maybe? I don't know. I'm making up a lot of things. Uh, you, you tell me. <laughs> If you work it out, please, uh, or if you're Suzanne Vega, you can just explain. But I also am absolutely fine with not knowing. Um, I enjoy it regardless. So here it is, Bad Wisdom. But he doesn't dare ask the right question Mother, my friends are no longer my friends And the games we once played have no meaning I've gone serious and shy and they can't figure why So they've left me to my own daydreaming What price to pay for bad wisdom Whoever gets selected Mother, your eyes have gone suddenly cold And it wasn't what I was expecting Once I did think I would find comfort there And instead you've gone hard and suspecting What price to pay for bad 
Cause there's no one to hear my small story Just like a woman who walks in the street I will pay for my life with my body What price to pay for bad wisdom Too much, too soon, bad wisdom.